I, before I get started, um, there's just something I want to say real quick while we were in a worship. It was an amazing worship. Um, and I don't normally do this, but I feel like there's somebody who is watching online. Um, I can't see you. <laughs> I don't know who you are. But I just feel like as I was back there in worship, God began to speak to me. And the first thing I want to tell you is don't, don't log off. I know you're, th you're questioning this church thing and you're thinking, I don't know, church to you means hurt, but God's saying, I want to speak to you and I have something for you. So if you can just trust me, if you can trust God, God's saying, don't log off. I don't know who you are, but after this, if you can just get connected, we would love to get to know you better. Um, man, can we pray real quick? Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus, for what you have today, God. Lord, we thank you, and we just pray that you will just fill this place, God. We invite you in, God. And, Lord, most of all, we just say, have your way, God. Lord, I pray that every word that comes from my mouth, God, come directly from you, God. Lord, I put myself aside, God, my own desires, God, and I say, speak through me, God. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room today, God, no one leaves the same, God. If there's chains, let them be broken, Father God. If there's strongholds, let them be loose, Father God. Whatever it is, we pray that you will move in this service today, God. We thank you that you're already moving in the cooking, God, and that we are about to enjoy some good lunch today, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So as most of you heard, I'm Alicia. Um, you probably saw another guy preach up here. He's a little bald. That's my husband. Um, and we have 20 kids. Feels like 20. We have five. It feels like 20 sometimes. Um, we actually took them out yesterday to the park. And then one of my kids, for the first time, got stung by a bee on her lip. And, and she's, she already has, like, big lips, like, cute, full lips. I don't know where she is. She didn't get it from me. She has super cute lips. And so <laughs> it just got that poor girl. That poor, it looks so bad. But it lasted, like, an hour. It's back to normal. I was nervous. I was like, I would, do I take her to the ER? I don't, I don't think I've ever dealt with a bee sting. Like, there's things that they just don't teach you when you have a baby in the hospital. Um, but they need to put that in the book, what to do when your daughter gets bit by a bee, bit by a bee, stung by a bee. If they started biting, too. <laughs> but anyways you guys it was so good to see people actually get out of their seats and like kind of agree and I saw a couple hugs are we doing that now are we here now like we're comfortable that was so nice to see I was like all oh, the community's back it's like not the awkward like I'm gonna stay in my seat and just it's okay I mean no judgment I, I get it it's, I'd rather be safe than sorry but it was just good to see that okay Anyways, now that you know who I am, before I jump into my message, I always like to give honor where honors do you guys. Can we just give it up? First off, the worship team, that was amazing. Let's give it up for the media team, guys. They're the behind the people that just don't get enough love, okay? Be, without them, I'd, I'd be like preaching acapella with no mic, no lights. Like the lights and the music and all that, it just makes it, makes it seem like I'm a better preacher than I really am. It, it amps it up. Without that, you'd be like, she all right. But when, now that I have that, you're like, oh, she was pretty good. It's, it's the lights and the music. <laughs> but let's just give it up for them. And then most of all, you guys are pastors. Man, like, 
Who you see here is who they are behind closed doors. I can honestly say that they don't only know you, but they know your stories. They love you. They pray for you. They care about you. They are such amazing people. So if you see them walking around, give them a hug. Tell them thank you. Tell them how much you love them because just watching what they pour into this church, it's just, it amazes me sometimes. I'm like, I don't know how they do half the stuff they do. I just, you know. I have five kids. They have what, like 500 kids? I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Anyways, anyways, let's get to our message, okay? Because I know we don't got a lot of time. We have a barbecue planned today. But before I jump in, I want to, I'm going to be very vulnerable, okay? Are you guys ready? I'm going to get, man, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I should just say it, right? Just rip the band. Okay, here we go. Ready? I... Oh, God. I'm a messy person. I said I'm a messy person. I'm messy. I'm a creative, okay? So if you come to my house, it's messy. And then I have five kids, it's real messy, okay? Now you all know. Darn, you know, okay? I try to come dressed really cute so you don't know that I'm messy. I'm messy, okay? Ask my husband. I just, I can function in mess. I can, you know, if you put it away, I'm not going to find it. I don't know where it's at if it's in its, if it's in its place, okay? By way, can, if you're messy, raise your hand. Is it just me? Okay, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm a little more comfortable now. I am a messy person, okay? And that's why my message today is titled Church for the Messy. Okay, so if you're messy in here, and by the end of this, you're going to realize we're all a little messy, okay? You'll see what kind of mess I'm talking about. But it's church for the messy. Now, check this. For my husband's birthday, because his last, his last birthday last year fell during quarantine. It was really lame. I try to make it special. Did anybody sing happy birthday on Zoom to somebody? Awful. Because Zoom can only pick up one voice at a time. And so when you, it's like, happy, happy birthday, you. <laughs> it's so bad. So he, that was his birthday last year. So this year I was like, you know what? Let me save up. Let me, let me sell some shirts. Because I'm, like I said, I'm a creative. I'm crafty. Let me make some stuff. Let me get some money so that I can really go all out for his birthday. And I did. I got him a rooftop terrace room over the water, a one-night stay for us to get away away from the kids because that's all you really want for your birthday when you have kids just give me away just have or have them be quiet something something so I got this room I'm feeling real good and I call my mom because what else do you do like you, t- you send the kids to grandma- grandma's house um, I call my mom hey can you watch the kids and she's like oh let me get back to you on that and then she calls me back and she's like so um your stepdad has a lot of, because he, he owns his own business. She's like, he has a lot of work. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good for the kids to be at the house because he has a lot to get done. But I can watch him at your house. And I'm like, you guys, my mom, this is, this is why I'm messy. Both of my parents, both of my parents are neat freaks. Both. I was raised in a neat freak home. Like, everything was tidy. And so when I got loose, I was like, oh, I'm making the biggest mess. I'm, I'm going to be as mess. I don't really care. So when she says she's coming to my house, I'm like, because oh. like a good mom, she's going to make a comment. <laughs> In, in a nice way, but it's going to kind of like, mm. 
And so she says this, and I'm like, I'm freaking out. And so this whole week, I'm making, we're deep cleaning. And I'm like, like, like ridiculous deep cleaning. Like I'm scrubbing walls. I'm cleaning the ceiling. You guys, I even went and bought new toilet seats. I went and bought new, because I was like, those ones have marks. She's going to see the marks. She's going to think it's gross and that I'm dirty. I went and bought new toilet seats. We're scrubbing the fridge. We're scrubbing like crazy. It's the night before, and she calls me. And so I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm ready. I cleaned all the blanket, everything. The house looks amazing. I, I vacuumed under the couch. I vacuumed in the couch. It's re- I even washed the couch. It's ready for her. She calls me. Hey, so your stepdad got done with all his work a little early, so the kids can actually come to my house now. I. Good news is I got to come home to a clean house. Who likes to go on vacation, come home to a clean house? So I got to come home to a clean house. It doesn't look like that anymore, but it's clean. Um, anyways, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me to John 4, 3 through 7, I want to tell you about a woman who's a little bit messy. Okay, it's just like me. So we, we're, you know, we're connected. I, I'm like, I got you, girl. I know you. I'm messy too. Let's go ahead and jump into our word this morning. He left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria. So he came to town of Samaria called Sychar near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. So, stop right there. You're like, why is she stopping right there? Here's the thing. I know, like, last week, Pastor Matt had talked about context. There's some context in here that we got to get to before we can continue. There's some, there's some clues. So, this morning, we're going to do a little Bible study. We're going to dig into the Word together. Are you with me? Can we dig into the Word this morning? All right, here's the thing. Number one is he traveled through Samaria. You're like, what? Okay. Back then, the Jews considered themselves higher than, better than Samaria, like anyone who was from Samaria. They, they, you know, if you were Samarian, then you were considered like you were less than, you were, you were beneath. So Jews were always higher. They saw themselves as higher. So there's no way they're going through Samaria. <laughs> there's no way... But yet, we see Jesus doing it. He has somewhere to go. He's going to go through Samaria. I don't care. He's going to go through Samaria. Context clue number one. Context clue number two. Jesus comes to the well, and it says that he comes to the well at noon. I looked it up. Noon is when the sun is highest in the sky. This is the Middle East, you guys. So when the sun is highest in the sky, it's hot. It's hot. And then it says that a woman showed up. Why is this woman coming to the well at noon? I also researched it. Back then, you went to go draw water in the evening when it's cooler. You don't go in the morning. You, don't go, you definitely don't go at noon. And the women would go in the evening. And that was like their, you know, if you work in the office, that was their water cooler. Like, they're coming, they're chit-chatting, they're gossiping. Hey, girl, how you been? How the kids? They drive me crazy, girl. Like, that was their thing. Like, oh, girl, I like your little cloak thing. Where'd you get that one from? I like how it matches your eyes. I don't know what they talked about. But anyways, that's what they did. They would circle. they They would conversate. They would do community around the evening. So why would this woman go to the well 
at noon, knowing nobody would be there because it's too hot. It's too hot. Well, if we look at all the clues, something tells me she's avoiding people, right? She specifically knows no one's going to be there at noon. So the fact that she's going at noon says that she's trying to avoid people. Why is she trying to avoid people? Well, we'll get that to that later. Here we go. We have another one. This one I really love. It's about to get, I'm about to, here's where I'm going to start preaching, all right? Listen to this. It says that Jesus traveled through Samaria into a small town called Sychar. I looked it up. Sychar means end. It means end. How many of us in our lives have come to that time where it feels like we've come to our end? How many of us have, we've used in that word like, I've hit rock bottom. I'm at my wit's end. I'm burning from both ends. Whatever it is, it's always that end. Lord, I can't keep praying for them. Nothing's changing. Lord, my marriage, nothing's, nothing's changing. I'm at my end, God. I'm done. I can't keep praying, Lord. I'm done. The addiction's not breaking, Lord. I'm done. I'm at my end, Lord. Lord, it's from relationship to relationship. Lord, I'm done. I'm at my end. And here's what I love is we have this woman also coming to Sychar, coming to her end. But here's what we have to realize. When I, when I kept reading the text over, what I realized was Jesus was there before her. Jesus was there before her. So I'm going to give you point number one. Jesus meets us in our mess. Sometimes when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, you are actually at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes when you feel like you've come to your end, you know who's already standing there. A lot of the times we think when we come to our end, then we have to ask Jesus to come. Then we have to ask him to rescue us. That's not the case, and it's not the case here. This woman came to her end, and Jesus was already there. I don't know what you're going through, but he's already there. Let's continue off the story because it gets even better. Verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. He told y'all. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Pause right here. Point number two, all are thirsty and in need of a drink from the well. Point number one was Jesus meets us in our mess. Point number two is that we're all thirsty and in need of a drink from the well. Listen to this. If you go like one chapter over from this, before this chapter, Jesus is actually speaking to a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a, he's a prominent member of the Jewish Sanhedrin. He is like, he has respect, he has title, he has, you know, people, people revere him. Like, if people need wisdom, they would go to Nicodemus. Like, he's kind of like, like the pastor. Like, he, he has it, and he kind of has an arrogance to him almost. Like, I know it all. If you peasants need to know anything, come on to thee, and I will tell thee. So this is Nicodemus. And here's what I love is that Nicodemus also has an encounter with Jesus. And this is just a chapter before. This is a town before. This is before Jesus decided to travel through Samaria. He's for, he first speaks to a man named Nicodemus, and he has almost the exact conversation. It's a little different. 
To Nicodemus, he's talking to him about what it looks like to be born again. And then to this woman, he's talking to her about what it looks like to receive living water. So same thing, different conversation. So here we see Jesus talking to this man with, with title, with, with uh, respect, with wisdom, and he's talking to him. And then a town over, we now see him talking to a sinful Samaritan woman, a woman at that. So not only do you not talk to Samaritans, you definitely don't talk to a Samaritan woman, and you definitely, definitely don't talk to a sinful Samaritan woman. Like he's checking all the boxes. And that only goes to show you guys that all are thirsty and in need of a drink from the well. He's talking to them both. But listen to this. Here's, check this. Because he's, when he's talking to Nicodemus about how, how, to, how to be born again, Nicodemus, is, he's fighting him on it. He's questioning. They're kind of having an argument back and forth because he can't seem to receive what it is that Jesus is telling him. He has the title. He has the wisdom. But yet he can't receive. And then Jesus goes and he talks to this sinful, sad woman woman who's reached her end and as soon as he tells her he has living water for her you'll see later on in the story she's like give it to me there was no argument there was like well how about this okay how about no she was like you have living water I want it she received it you guys all of us are thirsty and in need of a drink from the well here's the point is some of us are a little better at hiding our mess than others Sometimes when we have titles, sometimes when we have money, sometimes when we have the job, the whatever it is, it's a little easier to hide your mess. But honey, let me tell you, you're just as messy. Nicodemus was just as messy. We are all thirsty and in need of a drink from the well. And here's what I love about grace is it levels the playing field. You guys, the playing field of grace is level. There's no hills and dips and you're down here and I'm up here. It's leveled and that's how Jesus it doesn't matter your title it doesn't matter your position doesn't matter your bank account your net worth it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you came from it is leveled and he sees us all as leveled because we are all thirsty and in need of a drink from the well I'm just because I have the mic in my hand does not make me exempt from that let's continue because it gets better you thought that was good let's go keep going Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. So where are you going to get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become like a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said right here, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again. Come here to draw water. It's about to get messy. You guys ready for this part? Dun, dun, dun. It's going to get messy right here. This is where the telenovela kicks in. Go. Call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. Oh, here we go. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands. Girl, how do you deal with five men? Whew. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Whew. Boy. <laughs> she 
messy. Five husbands. And the man you are with now is not your husband, honey. She's messy. And here's the thing. I read this. I read this. And I kind of feel embarrassed for her. Like, ooh, ouch, dang. Like, he, God, Jesus, man. Like, you couldn't ease into that? Like, you just... But here's the thing. We read it out of the way that, you know, we would program it in our mind. Like, I would think that Jesus was almost kind of like condemning or, or calling her out. But if you actually know the heart of Jesus, the heart of our Savior, he doesn't condemn. His, his, he does, he's not here to, to make you feel embarrassed. He, he does not want to make you feel ashamed. He's slow to anger. He's quick to love. So you have to know that when Jesus was saying this, it was coming out of a place of love. Can I tell you this? He never calls out our sin if he doesn't have the ability to heal it. And he does. He only points things out because he wants to heal it. We have to first realize there's a mess. We have to first realize there's a problem. We have to first realize there's a heart issue before healing can actually take place. Jesus wasn't, he wasn't calling her out to embarrass her. There's a specific reason why he said this. And here's what, here's what I realized. Before he called out her sin, he offered her the living water. Because had he had done it the other way, she would have saw herself as unworthy of it. Point number three. Your mess does not disqualify you from a drink from the well. There's a reason he offered her the water first. And then he, then he pointed out her sin issue. He wanted her to see, like, I already knew. I already knew what you were dealing with. I already knew the mess you were standing in. But that doesn't matter to me. I still want you to have this water. I still want you to partake of this water. He wanted her to see, though, that there was a heart issue. There was something wrong. Yes, yes, take the water, take the water. Here's the thing he, that, that you have to realize. We, we always think, like, I have to be worthy of the water. I have to be worthy. I've heard people say, like, I, I'll get baptized when I'm, when I'm, like, worthy of it, when I'm clean, when I'm a good Christian. That's not the case. I'll get saved once I get myself cleaned up. That's like saying I'll go to the gym when I, when I, once I get buff first. Let me get buff. And I hear that all the time. It's backwards. Let me get buff and skinny first, and then I'll go to the gym. Let me get right first, and then I'll receive Christ. Let me get right first, and then I'll get baptized. Let me get right first, and then I'll be worthy of the water. You guys, your mess does not disqualify you from a drink from the well. I don't care how messy it is. I don't care if you walked out of that mess and walked into that, this church this morning. It does not disqualify you from a drink from the well. So Jesus is pointing out to this woman that there's an issue here. There's a heart issue. And if you really look at it, I, th I believe that her, her heart issue was value. Why else would you jump from relationship to relationship? Because you're looking for value. You're looking for someone to validate something in you, that you're beautiful, that you're worthy, that you're enough, that you're loved. She just needed that, and it didn't work with him, and then it didn't work with him, and then it didn't work with him, and maybe it's him, and maybe it's him. There's a heart issue, honey, and it's value. Check this. Trying to fill a void with anything that's not Jesus will cost you your worth. 
This woman showed up to the well at noon because she was trying to avoid the other women because she knew that she felt worthless. Every time she jumped from husband to husband, it costed her something. Every time you jump from relationship to addiction to sex to and sometimes it's not even negative stuff sometimes the too much time at the gym too much time on the tv too much time with this whatever too much time on social media whenever you try to fill a void with anything that is not jesus it will cost you and it's usually your worth and then you come into this place where god's saying take a drink take a drink and you're saying god no because i'm worthless But your mess does not disqualify you from a drink from the well. And that's what Jesus was trying to show this woman. You're not disqualified. You're still worthy to me. You might have gave your worth to him and to him and to him and to him. But I'm the only man you need right now. I'm the man who gives worth back. All those other relationships, they take your worth. All those other things, they take your worth. Anything that you give that's not of me, it takes your worth. I'm the only thing that gives worth back. That gives purpose back. That makes seeds grow and bloom. I'm the only one who can do that. Like I said, I have 20 kids. And my 20 kids like to have friends over. They like to have friends, like family, cousins. I also have, they also have 20 cousins. We have, a lot, we have a big family, you guys. And if you're like me, here's what I do. I take my kid aside and I say, hey, this, this room, you're in charge of it. This is your room. You're in charge. If they make a mess in your room, you better tell them to clean it up. Because if they make a mess and you don't say nothing and then they leave, guess who has to clean it up? You. And it doesn't matter how many times I have that talk. It always ends the opposite way. <laughs> like their friends are like, bye. And then I go and I'm like, holy, oh, my God, your room. Ah, I thought I told you you were in charge. And they're like, I just, I don't know, we were just having fun. And I was nervous. And Well, now you got to clean it. Now you're stuck. And they always say, but it's not fair. It's not fair. And I'm like, I, I told you, you're stuck with the mess. Here, here, listen to this, listen to this. Some of you are sitting in a mess that you didn't even make. Because you lacked boundaries, Because you lacked accountability, you allowed somebody else to come into your life, and they made a mess, and then they walked out. Sometimes it's a father, it's a relationship, it's a spouse, whoever it is. You allowed somebody to come in, and they made a mess, and then they walked away, and they left you with the mess. And now you're sitting here, and God's pointing out the mess, and he's saying, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. And you're saying, God, no, it's not fair. God, I didn't make the mess. I shouldn't have to clean the mess. It's not fair, God. And can I tell you something? It's not fair. It's not. It's not fair when somebody else comes and makes a mess in your room and you're stuck with it. 
But if you don't start cleaning up the mess, it's only going to get worse. And you will continue to give your worth away. And you will continue to let people come in and make a mess. And then you let them come in and they make a mess. And then you let them come in and they make a mess. And before you know it, you're at your end again. Let's continue. Let's get to the end. We're getting to the end. Ready for this? Here's the deal. I'm going to, you guys, I have the secret. I have the secret formula. I know how to clean up the mess. I got the secret. You guys, and I'm going to give it to you for free. I usually charge for this. So this is free. All right? So be ready. Here we go. Let's jump right back into it. Verse 19. Sir, the woman replied. This is right after Jesus called her out. Remember, he called her out. It was embarrassing. We all felt it. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Someone's deflecting, y'all. She is, why are you changing this? That's like when someone calls it out and then you're like, so the weather. <laughs> She's trying to change the subject on Jesus, but here's what I love. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. I love this part. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. She tried to change the subject on Jesus because she was like, oh, ooh, that hurts. I don't want to talk about that. Lord, I didn't make the mess. All these men I let come into my life, Lord, they made the mess. I don't want to talk about the mess. I don't want to think about the mess. I'm just going to stand in the middle and, and just go like this and say, la, 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 la. I don't even want to touch the mess, Jesus. I don't want to deal with the mess. I want to sweep the mess under the rug. Whatever it is that you're doing with your mess, she was doing. And then when Jesus tries to point it out, she quickly changes the subject. It's like when you're in prayer and Jesus is like, hey, and you point something out. And then you're like, Jesus, I pray for sister so-and-so, Jesus. And he's like, no, I'm talking about you. God, I pray that you will just, her knee hurts, Lord, touch her knee. And he's like, I'm talking to you, Lord. And then uh, Tim, his back is hurting, Lord. And then he's a hot mess, Lord. He's a hot mess, Lord. I pray, girl, I'm talking to you. You just keep trying to deflect because you don't want to deal with your own mess. This woman was trying to divert Jesus' attention away from what he had just called out because she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready for that yet. But what she didn't realize was she actually diverted exactly where Jesus wanted her. What she didn't realize was she actually diverted to the solution for her mess. You guys ready for this? Number one, Jesus meets us in our mess. Number two, all of us are thirsty and in need of a drink from the well. Number three, your mess does not disqualify you from a drink from the well. Number four, are you ready for this? Make sure you write it down because I'm giving you away something that I usually charge for, you guys. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's worth everything. The only way to navigate through our mess is to worship God in spirit and in truth. And you're like, that's it? You guys. 
the only way to navigate. Here's the deal. Can I tell you this? First off, you can't clean your mess on your own. You can't. It's too messy. I tried it. I know from experience. doesn't work. It actually gets worse. You cannot clean your mess on your own. That's for Jesus. And sometimes the way to clean our mess is in worship. We heard a message last week about Paul and Silas when they were in a bit of a mess, right? They're in the middle of prison and they're in a bit of a mess. And what do they do? They begin to praise and worship. And as they're praising and they're worshiping God, the mess begins to get clean and the doors begin to open. You guys, this is the way through our mess is through praise and worship. Get this, the Greek word for worship, and I don't know Greek, so if I butcher it and you speak Greek, please tell me how to correctly say it. It's proskunio. Proskunio. Here's what it means. Here's what I love. You guys, the Bible was never written in English, okay? It's in English. You're like, what are you talking about? It's in English right now. <laughs> when it was first made, it was never made in English. So a lot of the words are, they're actually from Greek and Hebrew. And so a lot of the words, when you look them up, they do not have the same meaning as the English translation. And so I was like, let me look up this word worship. And it's a Greek word meaning proskunio, and here's what it means, to lean forward for a kiss. And you're like, that's kind of weird. No, no, it's amazing because that's how intimate worship is supposed to be. Okay, I ain't going around kissing everybody. <laughs> Unless you're Italian, but <laughs> sorry if you're Italian. You know, kissing is safe for my children and my husband. Why? Because it's intimate. It's intimate. If I went and just kissed everybody, it would take the intimacy out of it. It's safe for those I love because it's intimate. That's how worship is supposed to be. Such an intimate time between you and your Savior. Such an intimate time. And here's what I love. He says that you have to worship in spirit and in truth. Check this. As soon as he died on the cross, you guys, all of God's children gained equal access to God through him. Once he died on the cross, worship became a posture of our heart rather than something sacrificial. We no longer had to go into the temple and sacrifice and cleanse ourselves before we can worship. He said, because I died for you, you can now come as you are. And that's what he's telling this woman. He's telling this woman that a time is coming when you can worship God in spirit and in truth. A time is coming when your mess won't matter and you can still stand there in the middle of your mess with arms raised high. You can still stand there and worship me through the mess and I will come and I will clean it and I will clear it because that's what... He said, a time will come. And you guys, the time's already here. The time's already here. He's already died. He's already done it. He said, you can get up and you can worship me now. We all have gained equal opportunity to God through the Son. A few more things. Here we go. A few more things and I'll let y'all worship because I know you're like, I need to worship now. I need to worship now. To worship, to worship with spirit, Let's write it this way. Spirit without truth leads to overly emotional worship. And once the emotion ends, usually the worship ends. When you worship in spirit without the truth, 
worship is more of an experience for you and you feel something. And then once you walk out of these doors and you no longer feel something, the worship ends. To worship with truth without spirit, it puts you in a place of legalism. Worship then becomes almost tradition. You worship from tradition. You need the spirit and the truth to worship. Both have to walk hand in hand. To worship in spirit is to worship God with everything you got. Every, it's your spirit, it's what's inside of you. When you worship him in spirit, it's everything I got is focused on you, everything. I'm not focused on the mess, I'm focused on you, Jesus. I'm not looking around at the dirty walls and the cobwebs and everything going on. I'm focused on you, Jesus. And to worship in truth is to worship in his word, knowing what he says is true, knowing his promises will come to pass. I will worship you in spirit and in truth. I will worship you with everything I am focused on you, rooted in your truth, because I believe what you said. And when you said you would clean my mess, you would do it. When you said you would heal me, I know you will do it. When you said that my marriage would be, would be restored, I knew you would do it. So I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. Last thing, last thing, last thing. Listen to this, I love the ending when he says, Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna read on this for you to go home and you should read on because it's amazing. But pretty much after this encounter, this woman runs to her town and starts proclaiming Jesus. You guys, this man told me everything I've done. You have to get to know him. He's the real Messiah. He's Jesus. She gets so excited and begins to proclaim Jesus to the whole town. And then the whole town gets saved and they come to know Jesus. And then they're begging you, don't leave Jesus, don't leave. You guys, it was one moment. She didn't realize she was having a moment with Jesus. She thought she was just having a moment with some crazy Jewish man who had the audacity to talk to a sinful Samaritan woman, but she was actually having a moment with Jesus. In one moment, her whole world was transformed. In one moment, everything changed for her. Listen to this, what looks like a mess to you is actually purpose to Jesus. What looks like a mess to you is a testimony to Jesus. What looks like a mess to you is actually an opportunity for Jesus to be glorified. You guys, it only takes a moment. It only takes a moment. That's all he wants from you. Online, I'm telling you right now, it only takes a moment. Will you give Jesus that moment? He just wants, I know you don't want the mess called out. I know you don't want it looked at. I know you don't want them to see it. You don't want them to know. You don't even want Jesus to see it. But you guys, he's already there. He's standing in the mess with you and he was actually there before you even entered the mess. He was waiting for you because he knew you'd need him. So right now, every, every head bow, every eyes closed. We're just gonna pray and then I'm gonna let you guys worship so you can have your moment with Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room right now, God. Those that are standing in the mess, God. Those who think their messes are messier than messy, God. We pray for them right now, God. Lord, I pray that you begin to move, God. Lord, that they won't try to fill the void, God, with anything that's not of you, Jesus. I pray right now for moments, 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 whether online or in the room, God. May they begin to have a moment with you right now, God. Right now, God, may you begin to speak to them and bring them free 
freedom and say, son, daughter, I got you. I know it's messy, but if you would just worship me in spirit and in truth, your focus will not be on the mess anymore, but it'll be on me and I will clean the mess for you. Real quick, if you're in here tonight, tonight, this morning, and you don't know Jesus, I don't want to leave without giving a time or an altar call with every, every head bowed, every eye closed, because this is an intimate moment. If you don't know Jesus and you're saying, I want that moment like that woman had, can you just raise your hand? Raise your hand. If you're online, you can raise your hand at home or you can just type something and put the little hand emoji, whatever it is. If you could just pray this prayer with me, say, Lord, I give you my life. I accept you as Lord and Savior. And I believe that you died for me so that I may have the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. Amen, amen, amen.